I think if you're posting it on personal a personal web page, that is potentially open to abuse in the sense that the the author might not actually get wind that this thing has been posted. Yeah, so you could be writing up all this stuff about a particular paper, and if you don't know what's happening, you can't possibly respond. G'day everyone and welcome to Everything Hurts. My name is Dan Quintana from the University of Oslo and as always, I am here with James Heathers from Northeastern University. Now, James, I wanted to jump straight into things and I want to talk about open peer review. Uh, now, you, you saw mm-hmm. this uh, this issue being uh, last week. It really blew up and I'm surprised it's actually taken this long um, c- considering that uh, at, le- at least within within neuroscience peer review, has, has, uh, sorry, with, within neuroscience preprints, has been uh, maybe the past two or three years become really popular. In physics, it's been popular for what I wouldn't say decades, but for quite a long time. But there was a situation last week which uh, got really got people talking. And uh, what happened was, um, it, was it, it all started by a blog post by um, by Brad Love, who um, basically. Brad had submitted a paper for for publication. Um, it's not clear which journal it was, and I don't, I don't think it really matters, um, at, at least for this discussion. And he submitted a, a paper for for publication, and uh, and found out that um, after the paper got rejected, soon after, um, one of the reviewers, which was uh, Nico Kriegerskort, which which I've probably mispronounced, um, posted um, a review or basically posted verbatim the same review. That um, that he gave Brad, um, which which eventuated. I'm not sure whether it, whether it was his particular review which led to the rejection, um, but it surely contributed uh, of of Brad's paper. And um, Brad wrote a blog post, which was a review of that blog post. Uh, basically, did anyone did anyone review the blog post that was a review? Have, was pro- there a meta meta review deployed? There, 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 there probably was a meta meta review, but. Uh, in this in this review, um, Brad raises his his concerns not necessarily with peer review of preprints per se. Uh, th- th- there's not really concerns around that, um, as his his at, le- at least from from his Twitter conversations and from the blog post, he's he's very much for um, the the review of preprints, but within the context of the preprint preprint pa- ah, preprint platform <laughs> that is on. Oh, that that came You've out eventually. How to talk. I forgot how to talk. It's all. It's all. It's all this Norwayness. I forgot how to talk English. Now, that's um, Norwayness is not a. Uh, yeah, words, let, let, Daniel. Only only not, words that other people agree are words. That's how we communicate. Let's not. Let's not go there. So we um we have <laughs> we, we we have this idea and and this this started a whole bunch of a bunch of discussion on Twitter, um about this and really um Brad's main concern is. The fact that you can actually use, and I'm, I'm quoting him verbatim in, in the um, in mm, his blog yep. post, Always in that um, we are against using the existence of a preprint as a pretext to write journal reviews, which are really self-serving blog posts, especially when they are posted the moment one's paper is rejected by the editor. This take on open reviewing is open to abuse and is not really open as the reviewer decides what, where, when, and how. Furthermore, existing models of open review involve consent from all parties. So the real the real concern is that basically the person doing the review is choosing when and where 
and how to review the paper. That's where the main concern is, not with the review itself. So, James, what is your take on all this? Oh, well, it's it, it's very straightforward, really. I could sum the whole thing up in 45 seconds, so we should get done and have a spot of lunch. <laughs> it's, all, it's all pretty painless. Um, I've followed this somewhat with my usual bursting and waning levels of attention. Um, let's start with two things as far as laying out some kind of ground rules or concerns. And the, the, the first one is in the discussion so far, there are people who are looking for, you, you have to put aside the idea that there's going to be a right answer here. That you're suddenly going to we're going to settle on a there's going to be some kind of nexus of opinion that will settle on the right way to do something. Piss that off! Everything like this has got problems. Every form of managing the research process is open to some form of manipulation and abuse. So I I, I saw a few arguments that are sort of no, this is this is the right way. Team A, no. Up yours, how dare you, madam? Uh, this is the wrong way, etc. Um, piss, piss that off to start with. Everything like this is going to have complications that are really difficult to resolve. Um, the second thing, I, I went and saw this happen. And of course, the first thing I did is I read the paper and the review <laughs> of the paper, and I understand none of it. And that makes it really, really difficult because presumably to take a review and weaponize it, to, 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 make, a, to make bad faith arguments or to selectively interpret or distort what you're saying, to, to be able to have an opinion on whether or not that's happening, you need to understand the content. So there's a level past which I can't assess this particular scenario, right? Um, which means I'm, I'm flying blind. I've got to do the intellectually humbles on this one. I mean, I, I feel pretty humble right now. I'm, I'm, I'm underslept. I smell. I'm wearing the same <laughs> coloured shirt as you, which is always. I mean, I'm not a particularly fashionable gentleman, but every time I see you as a reflection of myself, um, part of me wants to pat uh, well, yourself on the back. Yeah, no, good, no, good, good, yeah, okay. sure, with an ice pick, right? <laughs> um, so let's let, let let's start with trying to lay out some of the possibilities of how how this might work. All right. One, is it possible is it possible to do gatekeeping with open review? Is in the in the general sense, is it possible to use it as something that is antithetical to the scientific process of trying to figure shit out in order to maintain a status quo, to interfere with the work of a junior researcher, if you're a senior researcher, to try and boost your own ideas at the expense of the factual representation of other people's data. Is it possible to do that with open review? Does it give you the possibility to do that? 
Go. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. But the I agree with dif- you. I agree with you completely. Go on. The key difference, not 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 to say gatekeeping is bad, regardless, but the key difference here is it's out in the open. Now we don't know the details about the methods in these papers, but the people where it matters actually do, and both of them, or you know, and, and people people can actually read both the papers, both the responses, and make their own decision as to who's right. Right mm, now- Okay, okay. All, oh, right, all right, all right, all right. Look, you, just you, just, you, just, you, just before that, I saw a right. post, was it from Ico today? Where, uh, good, good old Ico, g'day. I met him in person uh, when I was in Leiden. Anyway, he's getting a sidetracked. Beautiful, he's a beautiful man. He is a beautiful man. But he posted that he got a response back say, from the editor going, I'm- uh, <laughs> um, we had to reject your paper from due to confidential comments that we can't tell you. <laughs> was that was that was that him? Yeah, that was him. That's ridiculous. I mean, I, I I've actually gotten something similar before in the past where basically it was it, really it, the editor was referring to confidential stuff. The editor was clearly referring to confidential stuff that I didn't see as to why the paper was rejected. Now, the situation here is that's behind closed doors. Gatekeeping is happening, but now this gatekeeping is happening out in the open. It's still gatekeeping and it's still bad, but everyone can actually see what's going on and make their own decisions. Mm. All right. Yeah, look, obviously, that's the, the how openness works. And he's like, well, people who really understand this will see in the openness of this process, they will see and understand what's up. Uh, they will read this presumably as somewhere along a continuum of a senior researcher is shitting in the kettle of a junior researcher, right? That a gate is being kept. Um, or they will see it as uh, the the other end of the spectrum, uh, someone complaining because they were criticized, right? And mm. not liking the answer and because they don't like the answer attacking the process. Now, I don't have the foggiest fucking idea which one of those is the case because I'm not one of the people who's sufficiently qualified to evaluate that, right? And you say, oh, the people who really do understand will go and figure that out themselves. At least it's open. But in that case, the senior researcher has the advantage. Will they? Uh, Will they? Now, we we are reading this uh, and discussing it because we have our own personal motivations, as in you look at it and go, oh, that'll make a good 45 minutes of talking about science. And that's how your voice sounds in my head when you write on the computer. <laughs> hey, I listen to my own recording. I know. There's no hiding. Yeah, you can't hide from your own disgusting voice. You know how many <laughs> guests we've had who've said, I listened to my own voice on your shocked. podcast or any other, and I had absolutely no idea I sounded that ridiculous. It is the um, truth. The reason, reason for that's reasonably straightforward. From memory, um, I can already hear uh, audiologists sharpening their fingers and <laughs> write terrible things to me. From memory, it's because your voice, when you speak it, is transduced through the structures in your head. And so, you, how you actually sound sounds a little bit like a parody of you because it's not yeah. how you sound to yourself. Exactly. Um, either that or it's your shit production. Thanks for that, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with so, your Patreon support. No, I'm not going to go there now. Yeah, oh, he's doing it again. <laughs> All right. So, 
this this is this is something that we're interested in because it's 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 turned up in context and we we talk about science policy and we're we're, we're interested in how to structure the process of putting information in order when you do a science right will other people in the area have any motivation to pick any of this up and try and relitigate what's actually happening or does it just make some vague contribution to the reputation of both parties involved no, no. This this is going to come back. This is going to come back again and again and again. This example right. and examples like it, but I haven't actually heard other examples like it. Well, this the the, the problem that you invariably get. So I'm seeing this happen a million times. With something like, hey, that's all out in the open now. People can see it. Will they read it? Will they give a fuck? Um, things things get a very non-linear amount of of pickup. You know. Either everyone's heard of it or no one's heard of it a lot of the time, right? Or there's a small community of people who've heard of it. But to get on the right-hand side of that curve and really push it out into the open, there needs to be some really flagrant, messy kind of – some really flagrant, messy kind of fuck-up, you know, like something really really seriously, demonstrably dishonest, um, which doesn't really fit with the act of making something super open to begin with. Do you know what I mean? So, I don't know how you get more eyes on this to try and get a collective determination from people who really understand it. Mm. Oh, man, this is, this is, I mean, part of me thought, this is, it's a very interesting topic, but part of, part of me thought when you said, oh, let's, let's definitely do that, um, Part of me thought that's a very interesting thing to discuss. And another more bitter, cynical, twisted part of me thought the chances of us resolving anything with this particular discussion are nothing. And I, I don't want to bother <laughs> because I could be uh, sleeping or committing some form of hilarious crime during that time. And I'll have to stare at Dan for an hour. Look, this is, I mean, wait. If we're proceeding from first principles here, well, we've we've covered a few things so far, right? One, all systems have problems. Two, when it comes to the technical nature of this manuscript, we don't know what the fuck we're talking about, right? Agreed? Mm. Agreed. Okay. To add to the the individual sort of like the the detail-driven discussion of something like this- uh, I would also add the other ground rule that it's possible for openness to be totally pathological, right? The whole the, – the, you, you, you have to – confidentiality and private information can't just be redacted from everything to make everything fair, Right? There's an awful lot of situations where the the full free and honest release of something is a kind of is a kind of weapon, right? Mm. And something that I've seen that's that's pissed me off reasonably substantially in the past is that I work with quite a few people who can't release data, and it's not because they don't want to; they don't feel like it. Uh, they don't feel like it's a problem. But like some of it is um. Some of it is seriously not available to be released. That's partly policy from where the data is collected or where you get it. Um, and it's partly them being subject to 
a series of very deeply ingrained concerns about privacy and protection, right? So, I mean, things like uh, you get uh, data and veterans affairs. It's a a project that we're sort of skirting around recently. It's like data on police shootings, whether individual officers are identifiable, right? You have to redact the fuck out of information like that if you can ever be allowed to release it at all. You may not be allowed to collect it in the first place and you can release it. Now, if you front up to someone in those situations, which are reasonably common and quite real, and you go, hey, what happened to the overarching principle of openness, right? Mm. Throw everything out in the open, my son. Give us the data. The obviously answer very obviously has to be no. And there are kind of openness maximalists who think that it's an end in and of itself. It's just not right? realistic in a lot of situations. No, oh, it's, 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 it's really not. So what I'm saying is the reflexive idea of, hey, well, of course it should be open. I'll like, chuck it out because that's how everything works on a principled level is not going to do. No. Right. So having said all that, what else can we establish? Why don't, why don't you have a thought? I've had- Two. I had two thoughts. Holy two shit! Thoughts I'm beating. I'm hundred. I'm hundred percent above my. Um, I'm hundred percent above my um uh, normal podcast thought quota. I try and have one thought per <laughs> recording. Well, for for this, the first time I saw it, I thought, well, this. My my first initial thought is this isn't going to be good for uh, people who want to popularize open reviews. Um, I'm a massive fan of open reviews, and I think they should be standard. And on top of that, I think if you have a permanent position or if you're tenured, your name should be on every single review as well. And that's really going to improve the process. Because like I said before, so many of these processes are behind closed curtains and we have no idea what's going on, why things are getting rejected, how paper- And I think it's just also interesting to see how papers evolve, yeah? Because quite often when you're reading a paper, you can actually spot, oh, yeah, the reviewers made them write this. The sentence is just so out of- out of sync with the rest of the paper, but at least with, if the review process is open, you can actually see how the, how the paper changed from when it was originally submitted, which is quite interesting, especially that now peop- so many people are posting preprints, so you can see how these things evolve. So, in this context, I think open reviews um, uh, are really important, but it really- So, my, my concern was, oh, wow, this is really going to put things back because now- People who aren't a fan of open reviews are going to say, well, look what happened here. Look at the bad that can happen. These things can be weaponized. Look what you can do with them. So, I, I, yeah. I feel like a lot of the, the complaints about this and a lot of the discussion that I saw was centered around the fact that it was a unilateral decision to release a review. Yeah. Even though quite often with many journals such as, uh, such as eLife, um, Nature Communications is now doing it as well in that the reviews- on, upon publication, are published. I think, but there's a difference here in that. Obviously, mm. they're not they're, they're not going to be public. I don't think they're publishing papers that are rejected because they're rejected. They're publishing papers that are accepted. So there's a bit of a difference there, but, but between that, because this paper was rejected. One thing to consider is let's just say for for, for the sake of argument that. All the researchers or a lot of the key researchers who are reviewing this paper are also on social media and have seen this brouhaha and have seen the initial post. Let's just say, for argument's sake, the other guy, Nico, has a very highly read blog post. Maybe a lot of people subscribe to the RSS feed. I don't know. So, Mm. then next time around, people are going to be- the people which are potentially the reviewers- are going to be reading this, going, "Oh, hang on a minute! This is this is what Nico said, and it's just going to be a comp- it's, it's it's basically they they they're potentially uh, opinions going to be coloured much in the okay, same I way." Okay, point of order. 
Yeah. Line of order, my erstwhile. I think I know. I think I know where you're going. But go on, friend. Do you indeed know where I'm going? Um, we already have the closed view version of this, which is what I call the bad smell review. Right. If a paper gets okay. bounced from a journal, right? There are yeah. reviews in most of the systems now that are attached to it that go around with the paper. So if it's submitted somewhere elsewhere, as that the same is, paper, if it's that is the author's journals, decision. The author can choose not to do that. I always do. So hang on, the author. Sorry, the author of the view or author of the paper. Okay, so the author of the paper can can when they submit their paper can say they have the option of saying if this paper gets bounced. The reviews mm. can go along with this paper, or they can they they they, they can say I don't want that to happen. That's up to the re- that's up to the author. Oh man, I have not been paying attention. To no, the <laughs> so you at can all. do that, and it might it might be to your advantage. Um, oh, but I um, always oh. I always I think it would be considering some of the papers I've reviewed recently. I always elect to send it on because it's going to be useful elsewhere. That and especially look if you're rejecting something, you're rejecting it because there's something about it that means I me. Mean, you don't make a personal rejection on the basis of this doesn't represent the ideals of the journal very well. The editor does that. You make a, sure. a, a decision to reject something because it's something that's inaccurate, underpowered, uninteresting, incorrectly calculated, or it just smells like fish. Okay. You don't you don't get to say, I don't think this is a good fit for this journal. That's not really your decision. I've probably left remarks like that in the past, but I don't really expect anyone to give a fuck or pay attention, right? It's just sort of, especially if someone's, I mean, if you've got a general interest journal, someone submits a fully technical paper, right? Then uh, you you, you might say, this is a fully technical paper. I don't know how much the readers will give a shit. But then you spend 95% of you talking about the things that happen in it. Yeah. I I, I like the fact that it's useful elsewhere because, I mean, if you're going to reject the damn thing, then presumably you've got good reasons to. And if the author was in any way interested in improving it, then um hopefully they'd retain the um hopefully they'd retain the previous remarks. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you, look, I had a situation like this recently that really pissed me off. Not in the the normal sort of like uh broken windows, six days in holding kind of way, but at some deep fundamental academic level. I reviewed a paper. The paper was dreadful. I flagged up all some, all the normal things that were wrong with it and some of the other things. It's an HIV paper, so you, you know what- <laughs> Yeah, I, I know that. Right. The yeah. Give a social scientist a fish and he'll eat for a day. Give a, teach a social scientist to fish and he'll write an HIV paper. <laughs> so- Terrible fishing expedition pile of shit fucking paper. I can't remember if I sent the review on or not, but it was, like most of my reviews, polite and straightforward and careful and outlined a series of very well-established principles for doing a series of well-understood calculations in a theoretically constrained area where people- There is a process by which you derive information from the data and you didn't follow it and get in the sea, right? Mm. They rolled the paper over without changing fuck all and I got a uh, an inbox nah. notification that it was published elsewhere. So instead of making any changes, even reasonably cosmetic ones, and I went because I read it again and thought, hang on, you know, it was uh, 
<laughs> de, de, deja, deja, screw. I've seen this fuck up before. Um, <laughs> so it, it it turns up, right? Uh, and I look at it, and it's exactly the same in in a completely different journal. So that entire review, the substance of it, the references, the text, they ignored that and went, "Fuck it, we'll roll it over elsewhere." That the, now, the worst thing is when that happens is when you're a reviewer, it gets rejected. They don't do anything, and they go to a different journal, and the journal asks you to, to review it again, and they've done nothing. Oh, that's that's, that's never happened to me. Ha- few that's times. never happened to me. But if it if it if it does that, I would ask the authors to. I would I would leave a, a a review that was extremely short, asking them to refer to their previous review and to mm. review their internal practices on journal shopping. Yeah. Um, which will you know? This is the I think the editor has a right to know that and this was so reviewed elsewhere, rejected for reasons that are probably reasonably serious. Like the vast majority of things that I review, um, even if the editor rejects them, I ask to be revised. Because you, you do, a lot of the time you don't know what state it's going to end up in. Something's mm. underpowered. I mean, they may want six months to run it again. They may have more data. And you see people like, oh, we drew a small cohort from a big bag of data because we thought it would do. What if they've got more data just lying around? Yeah. Right? What if someone else they know is collecting data? What if they want to expand it? You know, like, well, it's underpowered. Throw it in the fucking bin is not the right response. If it's under, if it's underpowered, then um, you know, there's other ways of dealing that with uh, dealing with that that don't mean the idea at the center of the manuscript is terrible. Sure. You know, especially especially if you're dealing with something that can be powered reasonably straightforwardly. If you're enjoying everything hurts, there's a few ways you can support the show. You can support us financially on Patreon, and you can join 80 other patrons who are getting bonus material. For $1 a month, you get the Everything Hurts newsletter and access to behind-the-scenes photos and videos via the Patreon app. For $5 a month, you get that, plus access to an exclusive mini-episode released every single month. And remember, every single cent that we get over Patreon is going straight back into the show so we can cover costs and give cool stuff back to you, the listener. If you can't support us on Patreon, we'd love it if you could mention the show on social media. If you're listening to the podcast on your phone, pause the episode, take a screenshot and post it on social media and then get back to the show. As always, you can contact us with questions and suggestions over Twitter and Facebook and you can find all these details in the show notes. I want to talk about, pull one thing apart, which is um, Brad's take that um, it's open to abuse when the reviewer decides what, when, where, and how these reviews are published. Now, some of these are things I agree with, some of them I don't. When it comes to where, I think if you're posting it on personal a personal web page, that is potentially open to re- abuse in the sense that the, the author might not actually get wind that this thing has been posted, yeah? So, you could be writing up all this stuff about a particular paper and if you don't know what's happening, you can't possibly respond. That's one thing. So, that that actually speaks to the importance of actually, say you got a preprint and you are making a comment. If you posted the preprint on all the major platforms, you as the corresponding author get the notification, old mate has written a comment on your paper. There you go. That's great. So, that that I agree with. Um, those These things ideally should be centralized. When I'm not necessarily sure. Let's take a different situation. Hmm. Let's just say someone out there. The center of that point is it's like it's it's not open if people don't know. 
Right? Exactly. There's a, but people- a difference, there's a difference between the ability to access and the knowledge that it exists in the first place. Exactly. So, it's, it's right. got to be, I, I agree, it has to be on where the preprint was posted. Now, the, the second point of when, let, let's say what happened was this paper was under review, which it was, this, this preprint was open, and just purely by coincidence, someone else decided to actually post on BioArchive a comment. People don't know the process, but they happened to post at around the same time it was rejected. You essentially have the same situation. It wasn't. It wasn't the same reasons that it was rejected. But somebody, somebody could do a reasoned, critical analysis of the preprint, and it's still happening at exactly the same time. So I don't think the timing necessarily makes a difference. Or am I? Or am I reading this wrong? You're giving me a look, a look of skepticism, Heather's. Because I didn't understand what the fuck you're talking about. Um, okay, ex- explain explain that again using shorter okay. words for thickos <laughs> like me. <laughs> All right. So one thing that. Um, that Brad uh, disagreed with was the timing. So, basically, the critical mm. post was posted directly after the paper was rejected. Okay. Yeah. So, that's one of- that, 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 that was one of his criticisms. But my argument is, well, does the timing necessarily matter? Because, coincidentally, someone else may have actually posted a critical review of the preprint on the actual preprint server at exactly the same time. Does it matter at what time it was actually posted? Well, maybe I'm not. Un- maybe not, I'm not understanding. No, that's not. That's not really. That's not really how I'd see that at all. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, no, the, the 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 first the first question I have is um like when when the fuck else would it be posted? You just wrote it. You're not going to give a shit in a month or something like that. Is the problem with the timing the fact that if it's immediately being rejected, you're immediately under the process of resubmission, which means that someone may be encountering that in the environment where this has immediately been posted? I think that's one of the concerns. But like I said before, what if someone else coincidentally happened to write a critical comment on the preprint at, at exactly the same time? Is the fact that- I I, I don't know. Well, when in the in the most practical sense, when else would that happen? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, you think it, of it, the, the purpose of the review? What are you supposed to do? Wait, like wait three months and then put it out? Then what if it's of, of use to 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 future reviewers? Okay, let's put it this way. Um, the, the, look, a lot of that is predicated on the fact that, like, that being a problem is predicated on the fact that the review is unfair or inaccurate or problematic. Right. If it's an attempt to influence something, if it's an attempt to change how it's seen, right? Mm. Then, assuming the assuming don't fucking write to me, assuming the bad intentions of the reviewer, then that's the logical time. Sure. To post it straight after. And I, th- and I would imagine that that is being is that being done here? Is he assuming that the 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 review posted has bad intentions? God, there's a lot to unpack here. I feel like <laughs> a fucking prosecutor. Well, uh, let's say for argument's sake, there there is. Let's 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 just say. Okay, but yeah, well, but- if that if if that's the case, then that's the that's the logical time. Is you're trying to ensure that the maximum amount of attention is given to it at the precise point where it's being under consideration elsewhere, and then you can refer to it, which is exactly 
exactly what would happen to it at any other given point in time, but it is taking the sort of temporal advantage that someone would be Googling the paper, trying to pay attention, following the preprint back from the link. If it's, I mean, say you, you write a preprint and then you write a paper, right? The paper is essentially the same as the preprint. Um, that's rejected. The review from the first one is opened up. Um, and who is going looking for how it's been received un- under second review? Well, the person who's going to follow the link back to the preprint. Right? Mm. So, you know, obviously there's no guarantee anyone's going to see it. Again, openness is not a guarantee of access. So, on and on it goes. What were the other points there in your little laundry list? What, where, when, and how. Okay, so we've done when. Where is is the venue where it was posted? In this case, it was a personal blog post instead of the actual uh, preprint server. Right. Um, what? Well, I mean, you either post the review or you don't post the review, unless you actually change some elements. I'm not sure. That'd be interesting to see whether whether, whether this changes. Um, now, one thing that I want to bring up before I forget is that um, Publons has something similar in that they won't re- they won't release the if people choose to make their reviews publicly available mm. publicly available they won't release them until the paper has actually been published primarily because it's unfair to publish a review assuming that people haven't posted a preprint but uh, this makes sense in the context and you can't really argue against people making a comment afterwards so basically you write your open comment and then bam it gets released as soon as the paper gets published, which isn't a bad idea. And this, this actually happened to one of my papers. Um, uh, it was a fairly positive review with some constructive feedback. And uh, I got a notification that, that um, this, you know, very shortly after the paper got published that, bam, someone actually had posted um, their review on, on Publons. And I read it. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. But, of course, the paper was published. Um, now, speaking of published paper reviews... Um, I, I've I've been the subject of some criticism. Um, one of my, one of my HIV papers was was criticised, and the person was quite senior. They was it they because were, it was terrible. Well, it was it was it was it was fantastic. <laughs> it was good. It was good research. And it was goodish. It was goodish. It was good research. It was good. But the thing is, basically, what the reviewer said, like we've spoken about this one they weren't wrong but it wasn't a substantive sub- substantive issue with the actual paper itself and this this was this was well, what was it what was it a substantive issue with uh, authors, authors for it is too crazy. Yeah, <laughs> there's, no, there's, there's 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 no did, did you know that here it's, it's actually quite common for people to include their pictures as CVs isn't that yes of course yeah i've i've written uh, CVs for, for different things in europe for the Big noise. smiling photo of my yeah. melon on the front. It's I guess all. that's why no one they wanted to import. No one, no one wanted to hire you. They're not going to hire this guy. Um, what was I talking about again? Ah, oh, you got me all. What? You got me all. You got, you got, Daniel, you, got me all, you think after this, this this period of time that you'd be able to handle the occasional interruption? No. You're talking some, about a review. Yes, we're rev- talking about a yeah. review that you'd received. It was right. yeah. It it was uh it, it was negative. Um, and it only actually happened after the publication of the paper, and it was on a public-ish forum that most people can access. And it's one of those things that I would have much preferred if this researcher had uh, had an issue or had issue w- with my work that they actually commented on the preprint, but they happened to comment on the published paper, which I could essentially do nothing about. 
um, rather in, instead of just just responding. Now, the good thing was I was able to easily respond publicly to, uh, to his concerns, which was fine. And then uh, you know, I think I think he was satisfied enough with my response. But but the, the, the point being, this was an influential person in the field who uh, took issue with one of my papers, and it was very public. Um, gee, I would have preferred that to be in preprint because if it was a preprint, then a, a lot of it had to do with the actual interpretation of of the actual data mm. and how things were approached. That could have easily been changed at the preprint stage, but no, uh, it only happened um, afterwards. So, uh, yeah, you know, I just I really wish that a lot of this, a, a lot of these discussions would actually happen at preprints. And like, I want to encourage people posting on preprints, but this kind of stuff. Um, doesn't help, especially if it's going to get uh, if it's going to get weaponized or if it has the potential to get weaponized. But I always think about with any with any sort of new reforms or any any changes we want to make, there's going to be some downsides. Um, this is one potential downside, but it all comes back to I think it's possibly worth it because of the transparency of the whole thing. It might not necessarily be transparent. Um, I reckon we, we would never have heard about this. Um, unless um, it, it was blogged about and blew up on Twitter, maybe right, it would well, have been discussed. Here's here's here's, a, here's here's an interesting point that arises from that. What a lot of people propose is a hybrid system of review, where rather than the review always being open or always being closed, it's elective. Is that something that? retains the potential for more abuse than either all one or all the other. Because uh, if you're writing a review and you're trying to be maximally difficult about it, then maybe you put it in the public domain and let everyone see just what a terrible job researcher X has done and how much he should be kicked down the stairs. But if you really need to sort of savage something and make a dishonest argument and um, something that you wouldn't want in the public domain because you yourself would be pulled up for looking like a cock then mm. you keep that shit on the quiet this so does it have does it it does it add another weapon to the fuckhead's arsenal yes it does and i think i've seen i've heard stories of people potentially weaponizing signing reviews almost but not not necessarily weaponizing it but taking advantage of it in that some people are very selective when they sign reviews. So, when they have a very positive review of someone's work, they'll sign it. The implication being, I've scratched your back and you've seen who's done this. So, in the future, just keep this in mind. Whereas, if it's a negative thing, then people won't do it. But I've actually seen people, when they reviewed my work, have said, this is reviewed by person X, um, hyphen, I always sign my reviews. Basically highlighting, hey, like regardless of whether it's positive or negative, I always sign it. So, I've seen a few people actually proposing that like either you should never sign it or always sign it because if you sometimes sign it, then in that context, this can be used as a way of just of, of basically going, yep, you know, here's a sweetheart review. Um, by the way, I was a person that did it. But at the same time, like I'm sure there's a few cases of um, I've had maybe two people- after the review of a paper's been published, send me an email going, hey, nice paper. I was reviewer two, wink. Yeah. I'm like, cool, thanks. But now actually, th 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 that's essentially doing the same thing as signing the review. But that would never have happened if they were negative. Imagine some asshole going, I rejected your paper. I was reviewer three. That's not going to happen. Uh, I sincerely doubt it. Yeah, exactly. You'd have uh, to You'd have to be a... a, a, a 
a powerful demigod to yeah. like, <laughs> deliberately. You essentially go, you're going out of your way to be a, a cock about something. Yeah, and that's 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 super I cool. often I often have considered. I must look. I have a low, evil, suspicious mind, and I must occur. I that never occurred to me to do what what you've just said. And I try and presuppose everything that the ruiners and bastards and window lickers of the world will try to do, because I think about fraud and misconduct a lot of the time. Um, but it never occurred to me that you could do that. I'm in a position now where – do you sign reviews? I don't unless the journal requires me to. I I don't simply because I get a lot of sort of boilerplate process-driven signal analysis-based research in the social sciences. And that means that I either have to all like following guidelines that, you know, we wrote and other shit that's been published <laughs> for 30 years and other such like wild flights of fancy. I have to disappoint and annoy a lot of people by either telling them to go back and do it all again, right? Or to go back in time and do a different experiment, right? Mm. I mean, I spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of time disappointing people. Um, that and I don't, I guess it never occurred to me to claim any credit for writing a positive review. It's like, it's, that's their credit. They're the one who wrote a good paper. I, I think so. How do I enter into that at all? Like in the interest of in the interest of full transparency, there will be hundreds more people in the world who really don't like me. <laughs> Honestly, right? See, no, seriously, it, there would be. This, I've, I saw my my acceptance rate on Publons, which I think goes off the like when you say accept on a review as opposed to every other thing, right? What is it? My acceptance is like eight eight and a half percent or something. Eight and a half percent. Yes, it's because I'm continually asking people to change things. A lot of the time, it's not difficult to. But that may, uh, 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 that's ah, okay, a, okay. So that that's including like revise and resubmits and revisions and. I'm I'm business. assuming so because I don't feel like I reject that many papers. Um, in general, what I hope will happen is I can keep reviewing them until they're heaps better, and then you Hang get on. a great big gold star, and I'll fucking tweet about it myself when it's done. Do you do you submit every review, every stage of the review as a Publons review, or do you just do it by a single unit of a paper? Um, I feel like it's a bit dicky when you've got to the last one and you write back and you go, Hi, um, thanks for addressing my 12 remarks. This is fine. It's not a review. It's a check. It's some yeah, other thing. Of course, thing. of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about right? like substantive- Oh, yeah, but look, sometimes you can have more than one substantive revision. I want to applause one paper once where I watched it. I didn't happen to, to, to me, but some other guy went through four revisions of this paper. But it started off with here are the here are the like the structural things you need to change. And then it went into here are the like the, At each the, stage. the combinative things that you need to change. Yeah, but it has to happen in order. You can't just go 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 back and do all of that at once. Yeah, so this guy yeah. essentially dragged these people through their ears and it improved the paper by the most 
astounding amount. It was so much better. He essentially really? walked them through the. It really was. It was an incredibly awesome. positive experience because I mean, at that point in time, I just kind of go, like, oh, "This is a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem." This is some years ago. Um, but this other guy had a. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, what was his name? Uh, it doesn't matter. I, doesn't I matter. saw it. At, I, I saw it. I saw it at some point. Uh, it was a. It was an engineer who worked somewhere in the U.S. Like that narrows it down. Um, <laughs> I mean, that was. Those were. Those were four real back-to-back substantive reviews. So if you're going to credit someone for a review, then you know he should get four. It's per review, not per item. Yeah. Look, I've always seen it as per item, but um, and I've I'm not, I've spoken to a few people who actually do it per per review. Uh, anyway, look. I, I, well, it depends. I don't know. You have to make you have to make that decision yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just if you if you if you're helping, claim credit for it. If you're not helping, go fuck yourself. I mean, it's not difficult to handle on a personal level. I mean, yeah, also, I what's that. the other thing? Like, oh, I've gone from, I mean, how, I don't know how many reviews I've got on my pub once. I think 45. Oh, I've gone to 46. Well, call the fucking papers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but they do have those um, university uh, rankings as well. But I'm not sure why anyone would want to game that. You're not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not getting any bonuses. This is, I, I actually read that um, oh, South Africa is now doing be, the, um, the, 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 the Chinese model. be asked forwarding the email. Oh, the, the SCI. Um, yeah, I. Pretty sure that the 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 I'm pretty sure that there's a a movement away from that in China. Uh, I think I they're, they're uh, sufficiently I exposed to the realities of what that produces, and they're, they're concerned. But now, so that, about, South Africa is doing it. Oh, I don't think they've just started. I think there's a, a few places in the world that um yeah have the the reward tied to publication. Look, that's. Yeah, obviously that's a separate issue. But the one thing I will say about that is, um, obviously it increases your ability to write and produce crap. But the thing that you really, really can't do when it comes to something like that is let people get credit for publishing in a pay-to-play journal or similar. Right? How you do your rankings in that case becomes extremely important. It's kind of hard to bullshit your way into a lot of very good journals. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you if it's confined to journals with proper editorial boards and proper reviewers and, and proper criteria for how we should consider something to be a paper, um, yeah, okay, that's that's a very different that's a very different situation too. It's published in a place. Have a banana. <laughs> Right, I, like published fucking anywhere. You remember that journal, Science and Nature? So I love science. No, it was Science, Nature, and Cell. It was all was three. It? it was. It was okay. Yeah. Look, say, 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 you publish in that. Do you? Do you? Yeah. Do you get a, a few thousand dollars? I mean, ob- you, that is obviously insane. But if you published in one of those actual journals, as much as that's. Obviously, wildly unhealthy for that to be a goal in and of <laughs> itself. Um, but but apparently, the, the problem in South Africa was a few predatory journals had snuck onto the list of approved journals, and people were going, "Hang on a minute, I can pay a hundred bucks to get into this journal, and I get seven thousand bucks back." Easy. Ah, uh, right. So okay. People, people were exploiting yes. it. I, I yeah, was actually. That's, um, that's obviously yeah. ripe for. I mean, yeah, your yeah. your submissions would go through the roof. They'd make a ton of money, but that's. That's seriously fucking dishonest. 
Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, like, people know, people in your field know which ones are the bad journals. So you're literally throwing away your reputation. Is your reputation really worth 7,000 bucks? No. On that note, we are going to wrap up for today's episode and uh, we'll be back again soon with a new episode of Everything Hurts. All right, hang on. Here's one for the kids. Yeah. (laughs) You and your vaping.